0: Look, I don't know why your preacher's up here front and that Joker can sing too. So, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what he's up here talking about. I'm the one, they, they got on the other day. We met through the, the house to house Facebook group and, uh, they, they, we were going through a time where we had singings going on and, uh, you, you and Sister Lori got up and got on one day and y'all, y'all I don't remember. You may have been on the, on the little group chat we got, but whatever it was. And look, I mean, I'm just telling you, he's up here with that false humility, like, "Oh, I hear that, and I get aggravated." I legitimately get aggravated. You, you say why? Because if any of you have heard me sing, you know why I'm mad. I, I, I couldn't sing to save my life, amen. Uh, you know, you, I look. The, about the only shot I got of singing and hitting the right note is if you tell me the the wrong note to hit, amen. Because uh, I'm not gonna hit the one you want me to hit, amen. Uh, my, my, kids the other week, last, last week I think it was, we were, uh, I was off preaching and uh, I'll mention, mentioned my, my wife and kids again in a minute, but, uh, I was off preaching last, last week and the girls got up and we were, we were talking on the way back from lunch. They're, they're like, man, we got so off. And I'm like, I'm like, well, like wow, what are y'all talking about? Well, the, they had me come up. They had me introduce the uh, my, my girls when they came up. So I'm sitting up behind them on the platform, and they're singing. Well, I, I don't think about what I'm doing. I'm singing along with them. Like the song's helping me, amen. And they're like, they're like, Daddy, you can't do that. You mess us up. And I'm like, I'm like, come on now. And they said, No, Daddy, we're serious. And I'm like, Oh yeah, all right, baby, I'm sorry. So, uh, but hey, you say, you say, what'd you do? I, I didn't let them come with me this week because of that, amen. <laughs> Uh, no, look, truth of the matter is, I didn't let them come because last time we came, the preacher had on better cufflinks than me. And so uh, I, I don't even remember what they were, but uh, they, they're like, Daddy, his, his cufflinks are better than yours. And so uh, I said, fine, y'all can't go with me this time. And then God spoke me. I don't have cufflinks on. I left them at the house this morning, preacher. Uh, and so I have literally, I preached this morning with no cufflinks. I'm about to preach again with no cufflinks. And so, you know, you say, what happened? Don't, don't get mad at the preacher for his cufflinks, amen? Uh, and so, no, I, uh, in all seriousness, if you will be praying, my wife and kids, they are back home. They were, uh, they were in a car accident last week. They were, they were on our way back to our home church. We were doing some stuff for our, our pastor with Pastor Appreciation Month and, uh, some guy blew a stop sign and just T-boned them, amen? Uh, and so great. I'm thankful that it wasn't worse than it was. They're all doing well. They're all at home and, uh, just recovering. Any of you ever been in a car accident, you know how it is. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's one of those things where the, the farther you get from it sometimes, the more you, uh, you realize how, how much it hurt. And so, uh, that's what they've got going on tonight. But, uh, they're, they're at the house now and, and they're, they're doing good and they're, uh, just trying to get through it. They'll start back school tomorrow, Lord willing, for, uh, at least half a day for my, my 16 year old. And so she, uh, uh, she, she thinks, man, she's disappointed about that. I think she's going to be happy, man, because she's going to go see all her friends for a couple hours at school, and then she gets to leave, and you like, she'll have the perfect excuse on why she can't do homework or schoolwork or any of that other stuff. And so I'm like, I don't know, but, uh, we, we'll see what happens with it. And so, uh, but I do appreciate the opportunity to be here, amen. And preacher, I appreciate you letting me preach tonight. Uh, and I, I, I do want to try to mind the Lord. I, I, I'll be honest with you, preacher. We, when I, when I reached, I reached out to you yesterday, you said, hey, be, come ready to preach. So I started thinking about, sorry, praying. I was fairly settled on what I was going to preach this morning, uh, and so I started thinking and spent I had about a two hour ride, uh, trying to trying to pray and think about really this service. Okay, great. If I'm here, what what am I going to preach? And, I, and by the, by the time I got to the hotel last night, I was pretty settled, uh, and I thought, okay, great. Sunday morning, I'll preach. I preached this morning out of Acts twenty. Uh, Acts twenty-seven on stay in the boat, likening the ship and that storm with with Paul. Uh, they're likening it to the church and how we need to stay in the church and stay uh, in the place that God's got us in. And uh, I thought this this evening we'd stay in the book of Acts, but I want you to turn to Psalm chapter one hundred. I, I woke up with this thought on my heart this morning. I, I man, I got up this morning and look. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about y'all. We're supposed to get an extra hour of sleep with this time change. So why did I wake up at the same exact time as I always do? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm like, where is my extra hour? I'm still awake. And so, uh, but but I did. I woke up this morning and, and I had this thought in my mind. And so uh, I started praying and, and just trying to see what the Lord would have us to do. And even all the way over, here, I'm sitting in the car looking over, uh, looking over the notes and stuff for, for that out of Acts. But I, I really just believe that this is what the Lord would have for us tonight. And so I want you, if you will, to look in Psalm chapter 100. And I want us to begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says this. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. And we'll stop reading right there. Now we look at it right here in this Psalm and and, and there's a lot of things that we see as we go through here and we'll, we'll, we'll cover the, the, the Psalm here as we look at it. But I want to draw your attention to what the Bible says in verse number two. It says this, it says in the second part of that verse, it tells us, it says, come before his presence with singing. Look in verse four. It says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's three different times in these five verses that the Lord talks about us entering into the presence of God. That's three different times where the Lord talks about us uh, making the effort to, to do what we need to do to get into the presence of God. And many times I think if we're not careful, we come into church uh, on on a Sunday morning or we come into church on a Sunday night. We come into church on a Wednesday night and we go through the motions of a church service. We get up and we know how many songs we're going to sing. We we know what we're going to start at six o'clock. We know we're gonna we're gonna sing from six to six o nine. And I don't know exactly what time we got through singing. I'm just gonna use that. But we know from six to six o nine we're singing. From six o nine to six eleven or six twelve we're gonna have announcements and then we're gonna get up and preach and, and we're going and you've got it like clockwork on what's going on. But understand, I don't believe that that's what God wants from us in a church service. Understand. Your, your private life is much the same way. I, I would ask you by show of hands, but you don't have to show you have a show of hands. But I wonder how many of you have a set time where you read your Bible. I would say if you don't have a set time, you need to get one. You say, why? I don't believe you'll ever consistently read your Bible like you ought to without setting a time in your day to read your Bible. But how many of you have a set time where you read your Bible? Maybe it's it's from from uh, from six to six thirty in the morning. Maybe it's from four to four thirty. Maybe it's from nine to nine thirty at night. It doesn't matter when, but you have your time. Maybe you read a certain number of chapters so you can read through your Bible in the course of a year. And, and you say, "Man, I'm just going through the motions to check off a checkbox on my calendar." You're like that with your prayer time. You say, man, I'm going to pray from uh, 6.30 to 7 o'clock or whatever. You have a set time that you're praying. Maybe you're just marking off. Well, we're praying for the missionaries on Monday. And Tuesday, we're praying for the preachers. And Wednesday, we're praying for the church members. You say, what are you doing? You're doing nothing more than just checking off the box of, of, of your Christian life. And as we read Psalm 100, I believe the Bible is plain that God does not want you and I just checking off a box. But he wants you and I getting into the presence of God. How long has it been since you saw God in your Bible reading? Well, preacher, I I, I read my Bible. I didn't ask if you read your Bible. When's the last time you read your Bible till you got something from the Lord? How long has it been since you got down to pray and you could feel God next to you? You say, God's not going to be in the room with me. I know, but there's times where he's been closer than than my wife ever has been. There's been times he's been closer than than, than my kids have. There's times he's been closer than any friend has. You say, why? Because I've gotten down and I've prayed until I've entered into the presence of God. So I want to preach tonight with that thought in mind, entering the presence of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your house tonight. Lord, I do want to ask you, God, Lord, will you please, Lord, let this not just be another Sunday night. Lord God, will you help it not just to be another message, Lord God, if if it's just going to be another message, Lord, that I I stand up and I I preach an outline. Then God, let me sit down now and let's get somebody else, God, who, who can get in touch with you. But Lord, I ask you, God, will you anoint these next few minutes? Lord, will you do a work in the heart of your people like only you can? Lord, God, if something's going to be done, it's not going to be uh, due to some alliterated outline. God, it's not going to be through, through some delivery. But, Lord, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit of God touches us and meets with us tonight. Lord, I ask you, God, will you do a work tonight? Lord, I do ask you, God, will you touch my wife and my kids back home? Lord, will you give them what they need tonight? But, God, will you watch over them and keep them safe? Lord, we'll give you the praise for all that you do tonight. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And, amen. and as we look at it, I think about what the, what the Lord said in Luke chapter number 10, verse number 42 about, about Mary and Martha. This is what the Lord said. He said he's talk to, talking about Martha. He said are talking to Martha. He said this. He said, but one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. What had happened? Martha had come to the Lord and she was complaining because she was working and she was busy and Mary was at the feet of Jesus and Jesus said this. He said she had chosen that good part. You know what he was saying? He was saying, yes, those other things need to be done and if we're not careful, we get so busy caught up in the day-to-day life that we go through. You get so caught up with going to work Monday through Friday. You get so caught up with doing your grocery shopping. You get so caught up with, with, with coming to church. You get so caught up with, Keeping a nursery, you get so caught up with, with, with practicing to be able to sing and just say, "Man, I'm ready to sing to to, to fulfill my duty." That you forget what's important, and that's getting in front of Jesus. And so we look at it as we go through. There's some things in this passage I believe that we can see that if you and I will look at and we can, we identify and we put in place in our life, I believe they'll help us to get into the presence of Jesus. You say, what are they? Well, I want you to notice number one in verse number five, if you will, I want you to notice the application to remember. You say, what do you mean the application to remember? Look what he says. He says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth. Endureth to all generations. Can I tell you one of the things I think that hinder us from getting into the presence of Jesus is we've forgotten verse number five in mind in your life. You say, what do you mean? I, I think about it like this, preacher. The, the more I, I like to be around people, uh, the, 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 more, the more people are, are nice to me and good to me, the more I like to be around them. Y'all can say what you want to. You can say, well, you're you're this or you're that. I'm just telling you, I don't like hanging around people who don't like me. I don't like hanging around people who talk bad about me. I don't like hanging around people who are rude and nasty to me. Hey, but every now and then you'll find somebody. I got guys on my work that I like working with. Hey, you say, why? Because when I go around them, they're pleasant. When I go around them, they're positive. When I go around them, they're upbeat. Hey, but can I tell you, I ain't ever met nobody who's been as good to me as the Lord Jesus Christ. You, You see, we read right here, the Bible says, It says, for the Lord is good. Let me ask you something. How good has God been in your life? See, before we answer that question, I want to remind you of something. So many times we look at it and we look at where we're at on a Sunday night. And we think about, man, I'm in church. We think about the fact i am cleaned up. We think about the fact that, man, my life is pretty good. Yeah, but where could your life be at tonight? I think about my own life. Brothers over here testifying about your uncle, you said. I don't preach a lot along these lines, but I think about where, where I could be at tonight. I grew up in all that mess. I'm just telling you. I know what it is to 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 have an alcoholic daddy. I know what it is to have the fussing and the fighting. I know what all of that mess is. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So many times you look at it, you go in somewhere, and, and I mean, I, I, we've got the we've got like the picture perfect family. If you look at it, uh, we got a little bit uh, uneven ratio with boys and girls, but other than that, we got a picture perfect family. Uh, we needed to even that thing out a little bit, but Lord knows what He's doing. I'm guessing, uh, but but you look at it. I married my high school sweetheart heart we got in church we've been married we've been married now june will be 20 23 years? 2022? Yeah, June will be 20, 23 years for us that we've been married. We got married the week after I graduated high school. We've got six kids. They're, they're, they're in church. They're serving God. They're my, my wife and kids, they travel. The kids sing. I, I preach. You would look at it and you would say, man, what a great life that you have. Hey, but I'm telling you, I wasn't raised to, to have the life that I got. I wasn't raised to preach the word of God. I wasn't raised to do anything for God. Hey, I was raised in a spot uh, where, where, where I know what it is to have a daddy who's a drunk I know what it is to have mom and daddy fussing and fighting I know what it is to have the cops call I know what it is to drive daddy somewhere and leave him off and not be able to go to school because I wasn't old enough to drive myself back home you say what happens so many times if we're not careful we look at the cleaned up version and we forget the goodness of God in our life how good has God been to you how did God find you I sat in a little church, probably not much bigger than this, on a Sunday night. Nine-year-old little boy sitting sitting on this, this side over here when the Holy Ghost of God came and he saved my soul. Hey. hey, and you know what? If we're not careful, we think we've always been saved. But I go back to where I was at that night, preacher. Lost and on my way to hell. I, I didn't go to church that night looking to get saved. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I went to church, to church that night because mama made me. And I was, I was going to sit back there with Danny and DJ. And we were going to have us a good time in church playing while the preacher preached. Say, so what happened? The Holy Ghost of God came by. Amen. Hey, you know what needs to happen in, in our life? Every now and then we need to re- be reminded of when the Holy Ghost came by. Where were you at when he passed by you? See, because for the first time in my life that Sunday night, I realized that nothing I did was good enough. Nothing I did was good. I couldn't go to church enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't live good enough. I couldn't be nice enough to my wicked sisters. They were all evil. Just telling you, I'm the only good one of the bunch. (laughs) Couldn't do any of that stuff. But God loved me anyway. Got up that Sunday night. I, I came down on this side of the church. Bowed my head. I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I got up, and, and I didn't go to the back anymore to play during the preaching. And, and look, I'm not picking on you in the back, man. I'm not. I'm not. Be, I'm not giving you a hard time. Don't get mad at me. But I stopped in the back. I sat down on the front. You say why? Wow, that's where Paul Paul was at. And, and so I sat next to Paul Paul. By the way, I've got a little Bible on my bookshelf now where where I was highlighting stuff as a nine year old little boy. You say why? But because all of a sudden I'm, I'm in church and I'm saved now. And you pay. I was paying attention. And when Paul Paul paid attention, he was highlighting stuff and he was taking notes. So I was doing that too. You say, what was going on? The Lord was good to me and he saved me and there was a change and I wanted to be good back to God. Amen. Amen. That's good. So we see the fact that the Bible says the Lord is good. But then we see that his mercy is everlasting. I got out of church. I wish I didn't preach. I wish I could say, man, I I I, I got saved at night and I never got out of church in my life, but my daddy took a job where we, we moved from Marietta to Riverdale. And when well, we moved to College Park at the time, we never found another church. I spent my entire teen years out of church. Doing, doing what, what only lost and extremely backslidden teenagers do. That's how, that's how I grew up as a teenager. You be a good boy. By the way, can, can mom and daddy, can, and I'm trying to help you, but you be a good boy or you be a good girl's not enough. You say, why? Because you be a good boy ends up with, ends up with the baby out of wedlock. Mm. Brother. You be a good boy ends up with a little social drinking. Yeah. You be a good girl ends up with, well, we're just going to dabble a little bit. We'll experiment. Yeah. Grew up in all that mess. But then one Saturday afternoon, Now I don't know what happened. They should have never, ever done this because I wasn't even in church and I knew every preacher was crazy. Every preacher is crazy, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Y'all, 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 y'all a little nervous to to move. He's not looking at you. He ain't gonna know when you nod your head at him, right? He's crazy. We all are. Preacher knocks on the door. I come upstairs. That joker sitting on my couch and I'm like, whoa, hold up. This is what he says. He looks at my 18-month-old, 14, 15, 16-month-old daughter. He looks at her and he says, everybody wants to raise their family in church, don't they? He's nodding his head like that. You know what I'm doing? I, I, I do. I didn't know I wanted to raise her in church. But I do want to raise her in church. And that simple statement was enough when he walked out our door for me to say, you know what? I'm not, I may not ever join that church. I may never go faithfully. I may never, I may never get involved, but I'll go to that church once. You say, why? All because one preacher loved us enough to knock on a door. You say, what is that? You, you love that preacher? Yeah, I love the preacher. Hey, but that's not the preacher's mercy. That's not the, 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 my wife's mercy. That's not the neighborhood's mercy. That's the mercies of God. By the way, you notice what it says right here. Look what it says. It says his mercy is everlasting. But did you notice that you you remember in Romans chapter 12? What's the Bible say in Romans 12 verse 1? We all know it. It says, I beseech you therefore brethren by the what? It's not mercy in Romans 12 one. It's mercies as in it's plural. How merciful has God been in your life? I'd say God was pretty merciful when he let you be born in this country. I realize we're messed up. I realize Washington's a mess. I realize we're not what we once were. Hey, but I'm still telling you there's not a country on the face of this earth that I'd rather be a, a citizen of. There's not a place I'd rather be tonight than the United States of America. I thank God. I say it's the mercy of God that we were born here. Hey, by the way, I would say it's the mercy of God that you were born to the mama and daddy that you had. Hey, some of you look at it and they raise you up in church and they brought you in. Hey, and you heard, no, you can't go there. And no, you can't do that. And no, you can't and hang out with them and we get mad at them as a a young person and we say I can't believe you you don't love me you don't care about me hey no it may be a case that mom and daddy do love you they do care about you and God was merciful to you to give you a mama and daddy that loved you enough to say no so that's great preacher for kids like yours who grew up and all they know is going to church but I grew up in a drunkard's home Can I say it may be the mercy of God that you let you experience those things? Because I said that being a good kid leads to social drinking, but you know what it can lead to? You say, man, I grew up in a drunkard's home. It could lead to, man, God, by your grace, I'll never do that. See, I I can tell you tonight. I've never drank in my life. It wasn't because mom and daddy were so strict. Bless God, boy, you better not do it. No, the truth of the matter is, and and look, I'll be honest. Hey, they're in church now. They're what they ought to be now. My my mom and I have talked about it. My mama regrets some of the things she did. Hey, but 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 it is what it is. When I was growing up, it was, boy, if you're gonna do that, don't you get in the car and do something stupid. You call. I'm, I'm sorry, I should have said that. Don't you get in the car and do something crazy? Hey, you call me before you before you do anything. You call me before you do. You, you do something you ought not to be doing. Hey, that was what it was in the home. Hey, but I'm telling you, I looked at what was going on. I looked at the mess that I saw with my daddy. And I said, by the grace of God, I'll never put that filth in my body. Hey, by the grace of God, I'll never put my wife through what I've, I watched mama go through. By the grace of God, I'll never put my kids through what I watched and what I saw. They'll never see that from their daddy. Hey, the mercy of God lets you grow up in the broken, messed up situation that you've been able to grow up in. Why? So that God, you can then turn around and say, by the grace of God, I'll live and do right. Amen. Yes, sir. Mercies of God. He said this, he, he said, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. See, I'm glad in the day and age we live, truth is relative right. in the day we live. You turn on Fox News, you'll hear one truth you'll turn on CNN, you'll hear one truth. By the way, if you go to one building with the cross on it, you'll hear one truth. If you go to another building with, with the word church, well, truth no matter is many of them have dropped the word church because it's too, too identifiable and they don't want to be recognized. But if you go to a lot of places that, 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 that have religious gatherings, you'll, you'll find one version of truth. Hey, but can I tell you, I don't, I don't go to a building look, looking for truth and I don't go to a man looking for truth. Hey, I'm glad he said his truth endureth to all generations. Hey, and our truth isn't found in the preacher. The truth isn't found in the message. The truth is found in the book. Now when the preacher preaches the message, it comes from the book, the, the message is right, the preacher is right. Hey, but I'm glad you and I, our, our, our truth comes from this right here, and everything we do, we open it up and we say, what does God say? Amen. By the way, that's why I've never one time wavered on what I think about all this, all these so-called political issues that are going on. Nonsense, they're not political issues. is not a political issue, it's not a, it's not a Republican and Democrat issue, it's a Bible issue. Well, that stuff's political. No, it's not. It's Bible. And it's truth. is the same. In all. And I know it says endureth. But if it's going to endure, that means it's not going to change. It's the same today that it was 20 and 30 and 40, 50 years ago. By the way, it's the same today as it was when they penned it. We don't have to worry about that. So how are we going to get in the presence of God? There's an application to remember. We're going to have to remember His goodness. We're going to have to remember the mercy. We're going to have to remember the fact that He gave us His truth. Hey, but if we're going to get in the presence of God, number two, there's an attitude that's recommended. So what do you mean an attitude that's recommended? Look in verse 1. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. There's three things in these two verses that I want to draw your attention to when we look at the attitude that's recommended for us to come into the presence of God. Now, I've always taken it and I've always thought, and many of you have probably thought the same thing, but I'm going to show you why I don't believe that in just a minute. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. How many of y'all have heard that verse and then heard, it don't matter if you can sing or not, just open up and sing. Anybody else heard that? He ain't talking about singing right there. Now I'm not trying to get on anybody. I by no means think I'm the smartest guy in the room. I, I was watching something the other, uh, well, I was watching something about sports and they're like, they're like, that guy always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'll show you why I don't believe he's talking about singing in verse one, because in verse two he talks about singing. So when he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, what's he talking about if he's not talking about our singing? Can I say the Bible says in Psalm 150? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You say, what do you think he's talking about? When he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. I think he's talking about a joyful shout coming from me and you. You say, why? Because remember, we're going to remember how good he's been. We're going to remember how merciful he's been. We're going to remember the fact that, that he's given us the truth that's going to endure uh, endure to all generations. And when we look at that, we think about the goodness of God and the mercies of God. I'm troubled by the fact that we can watch Fox News and we can come back and we can talk about how, how awful the country is. I'm troubled by the fact we'll watch CNN and come back and talk about how awful the other side is. I'm troubled by the fact we'll watch sports and we'll get crossways over sports and we'll come in and we'll talk about why the polls aren't right with our, with our favorite college team. Or we'll talk about why are the NFL, or NFL team is going to win. We'll come in and we'll talk about the fact that the Braves are the world champions. We'll see all of these things, and they'll 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 warrant, and they'll get a response from us. But somehow we sit in church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and nothing that's ever said gets one grunt from us in a church service. Amen. Why is that? Are we more passionate about our Braves than we are the goodness of God? He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Can I tell you what I believe it is? I don't think that we're more passionate about the Braves than we are about the Lord. But what I think it is truly is the response we have in here isn't generated by what takes place in here, but what takes place up here. And so, therefore, if the preacher says something or we ask a question where we th- makes you think, you're like, huh, that's good. Amen. That's right. But what would happen if you came into church on Wednesday night? Your preacher gets up to preach, and, and I just want you to think about it. You go home tonight, and you start praying, God, will you give that man the message we need on Wednesday night? God, I don't know what he's studying. Are you in a series on Wednesday night? Okay, I don't know what he's going to preach on on Wednesday night. I don't know where we're going to be at, but God, he's going to be studying this week, and he's going to be preparing, and he's going to be praying, and he's going to be getting ready to preach. And Lord, will you give him the message that we need? And then tomorrow you're going to get up, and you're going to make it a matter of prayer. God, will you touch him on Wednesday night? Will you give him what I need? And then on Tuesday you do that, and on Wednesday you do that. Hey, and you've been thanking God for the goodness. You've been thanking God for his mercy. You've been in his word on a daily basis, and you've been doing all of those things. Hey, then when you come in here and he says take your Bibles and turn over to Saul you know what's going to happen you're going to say amen not because he said something that hit you right here but you're going to say amen because right here you've been worshiping God all week and you've been praying all week and it's in here you're looking for God to do something I'm telling you it's time to get away from the intellectual service and get to a place where we're worshiping God from our heart by the way if you want true worship to occur It's going to start internally. It's going to start privately. I think we're so busy trying to prepare for public worship that we forget the private praise. Until you can praise God in here privately, your public worship will never be what it ought to be. He says here, he says, uh, he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. We see a joyful sound. Notice what he says in verse number 2. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. You know what I see right there? I see a joyful service. Now, here's the thing about serving God. And it's hard to imagine this because we all think of it. Preacher, I, I, I do this personally. I can't help it. I've, I've said it on our, on our group. I look at it. I look at a missionary and I look at somebody where they sell everything and they move across the country. And, and man, they, they they give their life to going to a foreign field and reaching a foreign field. Those are the guys I look to and I hold in high regard. Those are the guys I admire and, and man, I lift up. Those are the guys I brag to my kids about. Now, look, I'm all for sports. And I, I, You say what you want to. I like elite sports. I love what we're watching with Tom Brady and the fact that in my lifetime, I'm watching what I believe to be the greatest quarterback of all time. But Tom Brady throws a football. There ain't nothing special about throwing a football. I could walk out here and probably not do it on the same level. I'm not saying I could, but I could throw a football all night long. But those men sold everything they had. They left their wife or, or not their wife. If they left their wives, we got problems. Amen. <laughs> they, they let, they left their family. They left their home and they go some other, some other part of this world to reach people with the gospel. I look at that and those are the people we need to be magnifying to these young people. But in God's eyes, what that missionary did is no different than whoever vacuums this floor. Whoever comes in and picks up the, the trash in the floor, you're just as obedient with your service. Therefore, in God's eyes, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. There's no difference between you and the missionary in the foreign field. Amen. You say, why? Because God didn't call you to go be a missionary in a foreign field. God called you to pick up the trash at Lighthouse Baptist Church. God called you to vacuum a floor. God called you to clean the, the, the bathrooms. God called you to keep a nursery. God called you to keep a children's church. God called you to play a piano. God called you to sing. God called you to do that. It's not about the position we hold. It's about the obedience of the call of God in our life. Amen. But if we're not careful, we look at it and we say, "Well, I'm not the preacher. So what I do doesn't matter. He said, "Serve the Lord." gladness. Let me ask you, what do you do around your church? What's your part? If you aren't going to be here next week, what does the preacher have to find somebody else to do? Now, if the answer to that question is nothing, then let's find you something to do. You say, why? Because Paul would tell Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling. Yeah. Not according to our works. By the way, God's not interested in your past. Sure. He's not sitting there looking at it like, Well, have you, you've been in church your whole life. Have you ever, have you ever cussed? Have you ever dipped? Have you?" Ever... God's not sitting there like that. You say, why? Because it's not according to your works. Why? Because every last single one of us sitting in here tonight. Or standing here tonight. We were all sinners. Right. None of us were worthy. Stop thinking, well, I I would, I would surrender the the call to preach in my life if, if I was just worthy. Hey, guess what? You're not worthy now. Ain't nothing you do going to be good enough. You'll never be worthy. The call of God isn't about your worthiness. The call of God is about his worthiness. He said, who hath saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own grace. And purpose, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. The last part of that verse is interesting because it says before the world began. So that means before the world ever began, God looks at your life. He knew everything that you were, you were ever going to do wrong. By the way, that's why it's not according to your works. And he said, listen, I've got a purpose for him. And he said, I, according to his own grace and purpose. So here's what he did. He said, here's your purpose. Now you're going to need this much grace to get it done. I'm giving you everything you need. Yeah. See, we serve God and we do it joyfully, not because of the fact that we're worthy, not because of the fact that we, that we want to, not because of the fact that we, we get to do anything. Hey, we, we serve God joyfully because God said, listen, I am calling you to do something and I want you to do what I've told you to do joyfully. It's funny, say funny, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's the best word I got right now. It's funny that God's got me as an evangelist, preacher. Because I'll be honest with you, I used to think evangelists were just people who were too sorry to work. I'll be honest, I I knew some guys who, now now I'm not talking, I mean, you know some, like y'all just had uh, Brother Dwayne Moore. I'm not talking about guys like that. But I knew somewhere where they were going to be evangelists and and really they were just the latest guys I knew. So that's what I thought it was. And God said, hey, I'll show you what I wrestled with that. When God started dealing with I struggled with that. How in the world can you be an evangelist when you've been critical of some of these guys? By the way, I struggled, I, I struggled with when, when, when it came time to, uh, when it came time to start saying, all right, I know that's what God's doing in my heart. I struggled with this. How can you say you're an evangelist when honestly, there's so many other better preachers out there than you who in their right mind would ever have you preach for them? Yeah. How many of y'all are thinking say, I can't believe we have you <laughs> preach for us. <laughs> don't, don't raise your hand tonight. I'll preach an extra hour if you do. But I, but I, I thought that. I'm like, man, Lord, I could see it if I was out back in North Dakota. There was no churches up there. I mean, it's like, you really, you don't have to be that good of a preacher. We're down here. There's good preachers. Like, I'm amazed every time the phone rings. They're like, Hey, can you come preach? And I'm like, I'm like, you know who you're talking about. So I struggled with that. But here's the place I got to. And this is what I remember telling, I can't remember if it was my wife or if it was my pastor, but here's what I told him: I really, in my heart, don't know if I'll preach the first meeting. I said, but what I do know is this. I know that's what God's telling me to do. And so I'm just going to say yes. And I'm going to trust him. I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to trust him. You know what you do tonight? God touches your heart. Maybe it's about getting up and singing a special, and you're like, "We're getting there, by the way. Just hold on, we'll get to singing." But God's touched your heart about singing, and you say, "I don't know if I can do that yet." Just say yes and trust Him. God's touched your heart about maybe teaching a class. Why don't you just say yes? Doesn't mean you're going to start immediately. You don't go to the preacher. You will say, preacher, God says, man, I want to teach. I told my pastor, I want to teach. I want to teach. I want to teach for probably a year and a half before I ever taught. You said, what happened? i fill in here and there as people were out. And, and, and i do it. And then we taught more. And he's like, hey, what do you study on? You working on stuff to be able to teach? And I'm like, yes, sir. And then the time came where it came. And he said, I want to divide the couples class. Can you teach the couples? So what happened? I just said Yes. To what God would have me to do. I think, I think y'all's church, and I don't, and I don't mean this bad, I think you're in a good place right now. But I think there's a whole other level you can get to if everybody sitting here tonight would say yes to God Amen. and would totally open yourself up to whatever God would have sure. you to do. Amen. Amen. Because I would be naive to think, and preacher, I love you, but you would be naive to think everybody is totally surrendered to God tonight. What could be done if everybody was willing? To sell out and say, I'll serve God with my whole heart tonight. Joyful shouting, joyful serving. There's joyful singing. Look what he said. He he said this. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. Then he says, come before his presence with singing. So why, why does he, why does he say that? Because one of the quickest ways to get you into the presence of God is for you to start, start singing. By the way, and don't, don't be, you gotta be careful now when I say singing, I'm not talking about some of this stuff. You go out in your truck and you turn on the radio on and you listen to. I'd be having a day at work. I'd be having a bad day and and, and things just not going right. I could, I could be feeling stressed and I'd be feeling, uh, man, things can be overcoming and and, and we look at it, we think, man, I've done, I've done it just this week. Just this week there's been times where everybody's okay, but but Monday night was a was a was a low point for me. Uh, and we had taken all the kids to the hospital and all of them, but Samantha had come home and uh, on as of Monday, Samantha couldn't even walk from uh from her hospital bed to the bathroom. Uh she she just if she stood up, she she almost got to the place of collapsing. Wasn't paralyzed, she lay down, she had good strength in her legs, the doctors couldn't figure it out. I was just scared about my little girl. Had to get alone in the truck, and I rode back to, from from the Ingalls to the to the house, and, and I, I had to I had to turn on some music to help. You say why? Because music will change your outlook on things. That's yes, right. Good. I had to go back, and, and I, I, I turned on. As I look back through all of my days, so many times in so many ways, all I can say is I have been blessed, and God is still good. So what 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 happened? I started thinking about the goodness of God. Hey, I go back and, and I, I think about lately I've been looking back along life's winding road at the old familiar markers of the mercy that I have known. And though it may be something and something and something and something. And, and, and I don't know all the words it. Hey, but I get to the chorus and it says, uh, it just says this. It says, God's been good in my life. I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams as I go to sleep each night. Hey, and you say, what happened? I go to thinking about the fact that I lay down next to the blessings of God every night. When I lay down next to my wife, I walk in and I walk through the bedroom and I see the blessings of God in the kid's room. You say, what's going on? Hey, I'm telling you, I am a walking statistic. You don't get married the week after you graduate high school. You don't get married uh, after after having a baby. You don't get married uh, and those sort of things. to it's a lost girl. Hey, you don't do that and say married in the day and age we live. But God intervened and God God's been good in my life. I've been blessed beyond my wildest dreams as I go to sleep each night. I go back and I think about think about what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face the one who saved me by His grace. When He takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there. No more, no more burdens to bear. No more sickness. No more pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. I'm telling you, I go to thinking about songs like that. I go to singing those songs. Hey, it don't matter if you're on the right key or not. You say why? Because you go to singing along those lines. The Holy Ghost goes to bubbling up in your soul. Hey, and I'm telling you, you'll find yourself having a happy spell. You say, why? Because of the joyful songs that we have. Say, so how do you enter the presence of God? There's the application. to Remember, there's an attitude that's recommended. I'll give you these last two and we'll be done. There's an awareness of his rank. Look what he says in verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. You know what he's reminding us right there? He's the Almighty One. Hey, aren't, aren't I, aren't you glad that when we go into the presence of God, it's, it's good to go to the preacher. It's good to go to our group. It's good to go to my wife. It's good to go to my buddies. But I'm glad that when I go to God, said, know ye that the Lord, He is God. By the way, you say, why is that important? Because He's still the one that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Hey, I can ask a lot of stuff from, from my mom and daddy. I, I've asked them for some stuff that, that I'm like, man, I almost feel bad for asking, but I'm going to ask them anyway because it's mom and daddy and they'll do it. Hey, I convinced them jokers to order me a boxing fight the other week. I like sports. Y'all pray for me if, if you don't, if you're against it. I convinced them jokers to order a boxing fight the other night for a fight that I told them up front. I'm not coming to the house to watch. I'm going to watch it on DVR the next day because they're going to be on too late. And they did it. Say so why? Because I'm cheap. I'm not paying for it. By the way, I told him that. I said, look, I said I want to watch that. I said, I'm just cheap. I won't pay for it. Man, it's good to have a a gullible daddy. (laughs) Which is why I asked mama because I knew daddy was gullible. But it's good to go. And I'll ask mom and daddy for some things that I might feel bad about. But I can go to God and I ain't ask God for anything. And you know, there's some things you ask for. And there's some things you think, man, it sure would be nice if God could do that. And God said he's able to do that and abundantly more than what you can think about right here. You say, why? Because he's God. Know you that the Lord, he is God. He's the Almighty. But then notice what it says. It says, and it is he That hath made us. So what do we see right here? We see the fact that he's the architect of our life. So why is that important? Because he's made us. And he's got every area of your life planned out. You know what I had to remember, preacher? As much as last week caught me off guard. God knew all about it. And as much as we're still trying to figure out what's going on. And why Samantha... Is having the trouble she's having. Because she got it the worst. She was at the point of impact. God's got those answers. You say why? Because he made us. By the way the Bible said in Jeremiah. We know the verse. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil. But notice what he says. He he says to give you an expected end. In order to have an expected end. You've got to have a map already mapped out. You already got to have the path. You already got to know where you're going. God knows where we're going. We just have to trust Him along the path. It says, know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us. And then notice what it says. It says, for we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So what is that? His authority gives us access to God. You can go to God tonight, not because of who you are, but because of who He is. You can go to God tonight, not because of what you've done, but because of what the Lord Jesus did for you. I read a book back many, many, many years ago. Was talking about back in the Civil War days with President Lincoln. And there was a, there was a man whose boys were in the army. And his wife was dying. And the wife's dying request, preacher, was this. She said, I just want to see our boys one more time before I die. That man looked at his wife and said, I'll go make it happen. He goes all the way over. I don't remember where he was at, but he goes all the way over to where President Lincoln was at. And he walks up and he says, I need to see the president. Those guards look at him and say, sir, you don't have any business with the president. You can't see him. He said, no, you don't understand. It's life or death. I need to see the president. Guards look at him and say, sir, I don't think you understand. You're not getting in here to see the president. Man tries one more time or, or time or two. Goes and sits down, defeated, puts his, sits down, puts his hand, head in his hands, and he begins to weep. And about that time a little boy walks by. Little boy says, Mister, what's wrong? Guy looks at him, he says, Son, you wouldn't understand. Don't worry about it. This doesn't concern you. The boy says, No, mister, what's wrong? Doesn't concern you son. Don't worry about it. Mr. What's wrong? And finally the man looks at it. He just he's just so whatever. He he says, "I need to see the president. My boys are dying. He's the only one that can bring them home. I told my wife I'd bring them home and I can't I can't get in. They won't let me see him." He says, "That's all you want?" The boy says, "Come on, sir." picks the man up, they walk up to the door and all of a sudden instead of standing guard telling them they can't go in, those soldiers stand up at attention and that boy leads that man right past every one of those soldiers. They lead. They walk down that hall as, as they're standing up. The, the, those men. Those men stand up and, at attention. They walk right up to a door, a big, big old door. They walk right in. The man walks. Uh, president Lincoln turns around from his desk. The little boy walks up and he says, "Daddy, this man needs to talk to you. Understand when you and I are heartbroken and we're troubled and we don't know what to do. It's not who you are that gets you there, but you have access to God because of what Jesus Christ did for me and you. He'll usher you right into the presence of God. All you." have to do is be willing to go his authority gives us access but then notice what it says verse 4 there's an approach that's required approach that's required so many times I think we look at it we won't get into the presence of God but we want to do it when it's convenient for us We want to do it on our schedule. We want to do it in our way. We want to do it when it's convenient on our timetable. Look what it says in verse 4. It said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You say, what's the approach that's required? You want to know the quickest way for you and I to get into the presence of God. You find you a spot alone in an altar somewhere. And you take a few minutes and you start with your salvation. And you just begin to thank God for how good he's been. God, I just want to thank you for saving me as a nine-year-old little boy. Lord, I sure am grateful. God, I want to thank you, Lord, that even when I got out and I wasn't what I ought to be. You looked down and you loved me and you saw fit to give me another chance. By the way, if you'll do that tonight, you know what you'll find yourself doing? You'll find you'll, yourself snuggling up real close to God. That's right. Amen. You'll find yourself walking out the door and you'll say, man, it sure was good. Not to hear from the preacher. Not to hear the singing. The singing was good. But you'll find yourself saying it sure was good to spend a few minutes with God tonight. Amen. Sure was good to talk to him. Bible said in Psalm 107, it says it's four or five different times. It says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His His goodness and for His wonderful work to the children of men. You know what God wants us to do tonight? He wants us to get down. And He wants us to thank Him. And He wants us to praise Him. I think so many times we we overcomplicate the Christian life. You want to get close to God? what's, What's the easiest way to do it? God, I just want to thank You. And I just want to praise you. Hey. My kids sing a song, and that's how the chorus goes. It says, I just want to thank him. I just want to praise him. His grace has been sufficient. Hey. And like before, he's given victory one more time. Yes. He was always standing by my side. When the valley was low, when the river was wide. So I just want to thank him. And I just want to praise him one more time. Hey. Hey. I wonder tonight, let's do this if we can. Let's all stand with our preachers Preacher, is it okay if we do this? Yes, Let's all stand with our head bowed and our eyes closed. We can. If I can get somebody to make their way to the piano. And I wonder tonight. How many of us we need to come. And we just need to take a minute. And we just need to thank him. And we just need to praise him. Because he really has been good to us. See if we're not careful. The easiest thing you'll do in your Christian life. Is you'll forget the blessings of God. You need to come Why don't you come Why don't you come And just say God I want to thank you I'll tell you It may be good Gather around an altar Maybe And just, just say Hey look Let's get Let's get Mama, daddy The kids together And let's just pray And say Lord You've been good To our family God you've been good To the family Lord, I want to thank you. They're going to sing. If you need to come tonight, why don't you come?